Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue in our study of the book of Acts. Our scripture is found in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. In God's perfect time, he fulfills the promise of Jesus made to his disciples just prior to his ascension. The coming of the Holy Spirit, which would indwell all true believers. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he delivers today's slice of this week's message entitled, The Promise Arrives. This was people miraculously enabled to speak in languages they don't know. Oh, wouldn't it be nice for this gift to be in practice today? I've done a, I've done a lot in the 20 plus trips I've gone to Russia and I've taught for countless hours there. I could have done twice as much if I didn't have to have somebody interpret for me all the time. She's good. A lot of people over there think I'm a good preacher and I, they have no evidence for that. I know she's a good preacher, but I think she says what I say. In my, it's totally different to be able to speak in a different language. Now, on this occasion, those who understood the Old Testament would have realized this is a great big deal. This is part of the transition we were told about. This is God turning away from Israel to a new entity. And again, it would come later, and it came through the Apostle Paul to whom God gave the explanation. Centuries before this, God had promised through Isaiah that there was judgment coming from God on unbelieving Israel. And it was going to come through foreigners speaking other languages, and that would be a sign to unbelieving Israel that God was judging them. He was referring to the foreigners who came in and whisked them off into captivity. Paul quoted from Isaiah, specifically from Isaiah 28, verses 11 and 12, and he said this, in 1 Corinthians 14, 21 and 22. In the law it is written, another one, connection to the Old Testament. None of this is surprising. It's the next step of development. In the law it is written, by men of strange tongues and by the lips of strangers, I will speak to this people and even so they will not listen to me, says the Lord. So then, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophecy, speaking forth God's word, is for a sign, not to unbelievers, but to those who believe. Now, we'll be circling back to some of this later times in the book of Acts. But if you think I'm making it up, I'm not. Let's look at the next point. The miracle explained, verses 5 through 11. That noise like a violent rushing wind began to gather a crowd. And those outside the house, apparently 
didn't see the tongues as of fire. We don't know that they did anyway. But when they arrived, when the crowd arrived, they witnessed an unprecedented phenomenon we've never seen before. This is what sets the stage for Peter's great sermon. I can't wait to talk about when we come back to Acts after today. But look at this miracle explained, verses 5 through 11. Now, there were Jews living in Jerusalem. Well, a lot of them from all over because the Feast of Pentecost was one of the pilgrim feasts when people were to come, if they could, to the temple, to Jerusalem. So Jerusalem would swell with multiples of its normal population, with people from all over the known world on Passover and Pentecost and other, other particular feasts. Now, there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. Yes, that's hyperbolic, but you get the point. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each one of them, antecedent, the 120, was, I'm sorry, each one of the ones gathered, was hearing them, the 120, speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, I would be too, saying, why are not all these who are speaking Galileans? Well, yeah, they were predominantly from Galilee. And remember, to their perception, Galilee's the other side of the tracks. Galilee is Hicksville. There was no um, linguistic institute centered anywhere in Galilee. Uh, Galileans were regarded as unle- unlearned. And these are all Galileans, and they're speaking my language better than I do. What's going on here? Verse 8. And how is it that we hear them in our own language to which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the districts of Libya around Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them in our own tongues speaking of the mighty deeds of God. Ah, if only they had a recording. Wouldn't that be fascinating? God enabled people among the 120 to speak in every different native language of all who had come on that day. Interesting. You take all the places in that list, get out your, the 67th book of your Bible. No, 67th is Concordance, 68th is Maps. Find those places. Uh, the gospel eventually went to all of those places. As a matter of fact, um, best theory for how the church got started in Rome wasn't an apostle getting there. Paul was pretty late to the game if he, if he ever did get to Rome other than his imprisonment there. But he already knew a church was there when he wrote to Rome. It was people who were here, who heard the gospel, who repented, who took the gospel home with them. And that's where a lot of churches got started. And interestingly, before he died, Peter, the one who preached the sermon on this, he wrote to believing Jews and Gentiles in several of the places that are on that list. Go check the addresses of 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1. You'll find some of those things on this list. Well, we're going to get to Peter's sermon, but not today. And understand, of course, 
Not everyone there believed. Verses 12 and 13, the miracle is questioned. And they all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying to, another, to one another, What does this mean? But others were mocking and saying, They are full of sweet wine. In other words, they're drunk. They're just babbling. You know, I, I didn't grow up in the church, and I went to a pretty interesting college place. I've heard drunks talk. It was not foreign languages they don't know. <laughs> now the question is, we've got to go, we've got a meeting in a minute. The question before us is, do you have the Holy Spirit? The transition is over. There won't be a fireball over your head. There won't be your own personal tornado effects. You won't necessarily start speaking in a language you've never heard of. But do you have the Holy Spirit? In other words, do you belong to Jesus Christ? There's only one way you can. The way you get this gift is the sovereign work of God in placing you into the body of Christ, which always comes through the hearing of the gospel and repenting and turning to Jesus Christ. Let's peek ahead in this chapter. Pretend you've heard Peter preach on that day. We've got a summary of his sermon in Acts chapter 2. I, I would so like to think I can preach the whole thing, preach about it one day. It, it's not going to happen. But look ahead, if you will. Go ahead, read over Acts 2 every day this week if you want to. Read over it for weeks and weeks till we finish it. Skip ahead to Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 37. Peter's just concluded his sermon. Now, when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. Remember the Spirit, when He comes, He will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. I don't know about you, when I heard the gospel, pierced to the heart is the right way to describe it. I've got to have Savior. Now that I know I need one. When they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? There was no equivocation, no hesitation. Peter said to them, repent. Repent means turn around. Repent. And each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And remember, they baptized 3,000 people that day. Look at verse 39 and 40. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call to Himself. And with many other words He solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. You can be saved. You could have chosen to stay in Israel, not put that blood over the doorpost. I suppose you could put the blood over the doorpost and then still stay. You'd have still been a slave. But Christ came to set us free from our slavery to sin. As the gospel message about sin and righteousness and judgment and the forgiveness that is only in Christ Jesus, has that pierced you to the heart? Have you repented? Have you turned to Him? Have you been baptized to declare to the world, I belong to Jesus? That's where we're going. I hope you're along for the ride.
Hope you belong to that Savior. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.